Welcome to the Sharkpreneur Podcast with Kevin Harrington and Seth Green. Kevin Harrington is the inventor of the infomercial, one of the original sharks from the hit TV show Shark Tank, and has generated over $5 billion in TV and digital direct response sales. Seth Green is the world's first trusted authority on cutting edge direct response marketing, a best-selling author, and the only three-time Marketer of the Year nominee. On the podcast, Kevin and Seth interview sharkpreneurs who share straight talk on what it takes to explode your business. Why do so many businesses struggle while others seem to explode overnight? Do you wish you had the secret to this type of exponential growth? Now, I've scaled more than 20 businesses to over $100 million, and it's not just luck. In my new book with Mark Tim, Mentor to Millions, you'll learn the repeatable framework I use in all my business ventures for massive success. Order at KevinMentor.com and get over $1,000 in bonuses. Head to KevinMentor.com. Welcome to the Sharkpreneur Podcast. This is your co-host, Seth Green. I am super excited today. Very, very special guest, someone who I've been Jeez, I've been following you since since probably the last 16 years. Um, I was introduced to Robert Scrove by Dan Kennedy um, through his book, best-selling book, No BS Guide to Information Marketing, joining the Information Marketing Association, which he ran at one point. Um, then he's here today. He's been on the podcast before. I had him back because not only are we talking about uh, membership retention point, um, his best-selling book on increasing retention, but he also has a second, another new book out called Detox, Declutter, Dominate, How to Excel by Elimination, which he co-wrote with Perry Marshall, another member of our podcast tribe. Both books, absolutely incredible. Robert, so glad to have you here. Thanks for joining us. It's my honor, Seth. So happy to be part of your, your, your podcast and your group and your movement. And uh, thank you for, for reaching out. It's an absolute pleasure. My pleasure. All right. So for our folks who don't know who you are, um, can you give us a kind of a short version of how you got from working in the world of association marketing to where you are now? Well, I was in public. I, I, I wanted to be a CPA and went to public accounting. And after two and a half months, I quit, hated it took a job with a company that consulted with associations and ended up buying that company five years later uh, and discovered direct response, uh, copywriting, essentially writing, marketing, sponsorship, exhibit sales letters. And that, was, that brings us up to like 2000. And then uh, I discovered Dan Kennedy and was using his strategies of information marketing in the associations that I worked with and then uh, started working with him in for-profit uh, organizations and for-profit subscriptions, launched uh, the Information Marketing Association with Dan Kennedy and Bill Clazer in 2005, I think. Uh, I sold it in uh, 2012 and then been working with subscription brands uh, around the world um, and even some of the biggest subscription brands in the world uh, to help them stop their subscribers from quitting. And it's taking what I learned from the nonprofit world about retention and about uh, more than more than that, the, but the perceived value and the reasons why members subscribe and stay uh, as members, and really bridge that over into the for-profit world. 
So I love what you've done in terms of translating something that works in one place and moving it to another, which is something Dan and Bill have taught forever, mm -hmm. which is the best ideas aren't necessarily in your industry because <laughs> your industry, everybody copies everybody else, as opposed to something that looks brand new because it came from somewhere else. Now you've worked with, we have clients in common. We have also worked with Agora, the, with different, multiple divisions at Agora on different things because we do not have your area of expertise. So let's start there. Let's talk with, so you've got a company that's the largest newsletter publisher of its kind in the world, selling billions and billions of dollars a year. What were, and you don't have to talk about Agora specifically, but what are some of the most common mistakes you see business owners, entrepreneurs, people who have subscription type services? What are some of the biggest mistakes you see them making? You know, I appreciate the question. Now, I do keep my clients confidential just because a lot yep. of them are publicly traded and, uh, you know, actually have advisor, you know, looking over them. So uh, just in general, um, in not general. talking about anybody specifically. Yes. But uh, for the most part, most companies focus on getting the new subscriber and then they stop. Uh, there isn't a focused effort on getting that subscriber to renew their subscription, whether it's a month later or a year after the initial uh, subscription or uh, any sort of structured upsell approach. And what I work with extensively with companies is what I call kind of moving the finish line. So if the renewal is, if it's if the annual subscription, the renewal's 12 months from now, this is really one of the things I discovered in the association world back in 1998 is you can get a new subscriber, but that first year renewal rate, even if you have like an average of 80 or 85% renewal overall, if you look at it and stratify by year, that first year renewal is probably around 55%. And the second, third, and fourth year renewal is well over 90% renewal rates. And so what I did is move the finish line for our team and say, look, they're not, we're not, we're not patting ourselves on the back or paying bonuses or rewarding ourselves until after a year uh, that and they renew. And so now what do you do? If uh, for the first year, if you think of that as converting that new, you know, a new member is a crucial because you can't get a renewal until you get a new one. But now how do we think and how do we communicate in order to get that first renewal? Now in the for-profit world, there's the proliferation of monthly continuity. And it's, you know, how is it that we are going to structure that first 30 days and even 30 hours, that first 30 hours that they're a member in order to get them engaged, get them more excited after they bought than they were the time that they pressed that checkout button so that they continue to become more and more excited about the subscription and that giving it up would be something that they would fight over, much less something that they're going to call you to quit about. Okay, so there's a whole lot we could unpack in that answer. There's a seminar in that answer. <laughs> you could probably talk about just that for a couple of days. Sure, so, of course. Yeah, so let's break that down a little bit. So we're talking about the initial customer acquisition. And it's funny, I did a consultation with a, a potential client literally right before this, where she said, I want new members. We need to get our membership up. And I said, how many members left in the last year and a half? What was your COVID churn? And she said, oh, like 75%. Like, so 75% quit during COVID and haven't come back, but you want new members. 
I said it would cost you a lot less and be a lot easier to just go get those members back, at least mm -hmm. some of them, than sure. try. But everyone wants the sexy new customer. That's what they think of. So oh, how yeah. do you bridge the gap? How do you get the owner, the company, the entrepreneur to start thinking, no, 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 it's not just about pouring more things in the bucket. Let's plug the holes in the bucket first. Well, the uh, cash flow forecast has been kind of a sobering uh, uh, reality here lately. And, and uh, you know, very few marketers or really even business owners want to look at the cash flow forecast. And most, like most of the time, if, if anybody actually has a cash flow forecast, it is usually like they, you know, month six, they've changed their churn rate from 15% to 8% because like, I don't know, a magic fairy is going to come along. They, they just think that, oh, well, it's going to start lowering because of I don't know why. Or they, they lower their customer acquisition costs. And so you see that they're not, not, the rate of new subscribers increases over time. But what I've been doing is working with subscription businesses to create a cash flow forecast based on their own numbers and then show them, you know, because what, what happens is there is a subscription growth ceiling. And the number of subscribers you generate divided by your churn rate determines the total number of subscribers you can have. And so for instance, if you're generating a thousand new subscribers a month and you have an 8% churn rate, then your maximum number of subscribers is 12,500. And so then, so, so as you approach that, which if you're a startup generating a thousand subscribers a month, you're gonna do around year three you start tailing off your subscription growth. It becomes logarithmic, logarithmic. It's easy to say for me. <laughs> um, the, uh, and so you, uh, by showing them that their growth is gonna tail off and then showing them at different retention rates or churn rates, what would, could happen to growth, we're able to help illustrate the impact that these, the, that these changes can really have. Now, you know, it's, it's, it's a, you know, again, most people are like, oh, I just want more subscribers now. But this is really the only way I've found that really brings, it's like, do you want to work for the next three years and be no closer and have a no larger business that, you know, be frustrated at the same number of members? Or in three years, would you like to have, you know, 10x your revenue because you put in upsells and you are taking media opportunity money and, and you're reduced your, your churn rate? And, you know, uh, given that, most of them choose to, to go ahead and fix it. Absolutely. So you are making deposits, as Dan taught, both into present bank and future bank. So when, why do you think we focus as business owners so much on the, why do you think we, on the new customer acquisition, and then we neglect the retention part, and how do you turn the tide? Well, because it works in the beginning. <laughs> So, you know, what, that's the thing about running a new business. It's like what gets you to a million dollars won't get you to five million. And then everything you did to get to five million is exactly the wrong thing to get through to 10. And I think that's the same way with a subscription business is they grow fast in the first year or two. And the answer to growth is more new customers. But as you reach that growth ceiling, more new customers just accelerates the rate at which members quit. And so it, it takes a really a different shift in thinking in order to get to the next level. And I think that's the main thing is that we're conditioned by the early success to think that new customers is the secret to fast growth 
when, when once your churn rate, because you can't outrun your churn rate. And so once that churn rate starts catching up with you and, and slowing your growth, it's hard to totally change and go, oh, wait a minute, what got us here won't get us to the next level. I need to change in order to move and really grow like I need to. Okay, so now what are some of the levers that we can pull to increase the length of retention? What are some of the things you've seen across all of your clients work the best? You know, I think uh, number one is uh, member-centric communication. Uh, too often we are focused on what we are delivering and the, you know, like a list of benefits, you know, so many subscription benefits, subscription offers, they might, might be emotional in the beginning, but then it's like, oh, and we're going to give you this, 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 and this. Uh, or if they like show you tiered pricing, which tiered pricing does increase your revenue because you're giving your customers choices of, of in order to, to maybe buy more. But most subscription businesses, when they do tiered pricing, they do the tiers based on what they deliver to you not based on the customer and the different types of customer and what their needs may be. And, and then it, when it comes to fulfillment, it's all, here is this thing, here is this newsletter, here is this call, here is this stuff, here is this uh, video to watch, here is this, you know, it's more and more and more. And that just kind of, they get overwhelmed and they run off. And they're, they just aren't interested anymore because they're not able to, they, they have the feeling that they need to consume it all in order to get the value for, for what they've gotten. And instead, flipping the communication into the member, what they're looking for, how we can help transform their life and get them the value that they're looking for and they're hoping to gain by joining your subscription. That's the number one uh, biggest thing. Um, uh, number two, maybe uh, the, uh, doing the belief. You know, if, if you are selling anything where they need to do something with what you what you've delivered, maybe it's a SaaS product and they actually have to use it on their phone to Crazy. get to some sort of value out of it, then you you gotta like have them believe that not only will they get this magical outcome that you've promised by the product but that they can really do it. And there's two separate belief elements. One, that, that it's possible, that, that other people do it and that other folks like them do it. And then two, that they can really do it with their education, their experience, their background, their amount of time that they have to invest, that they can do it. And that helps because it's really got to resell them. Now that they bought it, you got to resell them on actually using it. Which is crazy because as marketers, we think you bought the thing, you wanted the result, you think, I think you should actually do it. Um, but now I got to reconvince you that even though you still, you wanted the thing, I've got to train you to actually do it in order to get the results that you're thinking about. It's so totally. funny that you mentioned in terms of the overload of information. So um, there were, I, I, joined another newsletter program this morning and there's, you know, 23 special reports. I don't want to read all 23. <laughs> and I just got pitched another one by a vendor of ours that says, oh, you could get this too. And I'm like, okay, send me that. What is that? And there's like, there's 50 hours of webinars. I'm like, I know I don't want to watch 50 hours of webinars. I don't have time. I want it done for me um, <laughs> as much as I can write a check for. Exactly. What are, I, I love the, the, the concept of perhaps it should be communication tailored to what the customer actually wants as opposed to what we think they, we should deliver. Now, 
some of this actually comes into play when we're talking about detox, declutter, and dominate. Because totally. you could tell the story of how this book was created because it wasn't a normal Perry goes into his hole and writes a book. You <laughs> transformed it to another level. Tell us that, that, that story just because I think it's totally relevant to what we're talking about. So Perry is an amazing friend of mine. Uh, love him dearly. We've gone to Ireland a couple of times uh, together, and um, and and he's just an, and I just love what he delivers as part of his uh, his subscription business. I've been a subscriber since it launched, and uh, really wanted uh, to, to to help uh, create a way of onboarding his new subscribers so that they would understand what the newsletter is all about. Because that's the thing, it's with a, with a newsletter in particular, when you're joining a subscription, you don't start at newsletter issue one, you know, that, and, and then read all like you would a Netflix episode. Right, it's, people it's, don't it's, go back and binge everything we ever wrote, except for maybe me. You know, <laughs> I did, I, I printed every single thing Dan ever wrote when I joined and, and, and read all of it and it's all in crates. And when I joined the IMA, I printed every back issue. I remember driving you crazy going, hey, how come you guys stopped doing the 40-page monthly newsletter? I like that. And you saying people didn't want it. They didn't have time to read it. <laughs> it was a pretty amazing newsletter. So what we needed to do is have a way of new subscribers getting an idea of what this is all about. What are they reading and why are they hearing these types of stories? And that's really what this was, was born of. Of. And uh, I had multiple calls probably about three years ago with, uh, with Perry and his, the president of his company, Brian. And you know, we identified at that time, like, what are the, what are the things that you, know, that, that you write about, Perry? And uh, we came up at that point at eight different things. Uh, we distilled those and said, all right, what are the emotional reasons why somebody won't do that? You know, for, for instance, there's, you know, 80, 20 in your business yeah. and doing the focusing on the 20% that generates 80% of the profits. What, you know, what are the emotional reasons somebody wouldn't do that? And outlined all those. And then he wrote a newsletter about those. I pulled all those together into a book that we put in examples, case studies, stories, and it became this 40,000 word book that was kind of mediocre. Um, and, and so long. <laughs> long. And so I thought, you know, you know, this, this really kind of sucks, Perry. Um, and we spent, you know, now at this point, it's been two years and this really pretty, uh, but, but let, me, let me see what I can do with it and see if this 80-20 principle that we talk about really works. And so we literally deleted 80% of it. Now it was, you know, we did, it wasn't random. We focused on, all right, you know, each chapter, uh, you know, we, I, I took it chapter by chapter and it's like, all right, this chapter is 3000 words long. We got to get it down to 600. What are we going to keep? And, um, and then afterwards we added some steps, you know, one, two, three steps to get started. And also I hired a, uh, artist in order to create artwork. Yeah. I mean, it reads like almost like a graphic novel or infographics. <laughs> it's so easy to consume, but revolutionary in the concept. What there are seven steps. If I had to make you 80, 20 again, <laughs> What would you say is the most important one? 
You know, I think it's the first one uh, where, where that, uh, that Perry calls Renaissance time. And I think it's very easy for folks to overlook that and think that, you know, having a morning ritual or having some sort of way of giving yourself clarity and space uh, isn't important. Like, oh, I don't need that because I'm superior to that for some reason, or I'm too busy. I got I got you know 12 hours of work every day before I even start and then add on another eight hours during the day that I can never get to. I don't have time for an hour or you know, you know of, of setting aside of thinking or writing in a journal or any of that stuff that, that's described in there. And what, um, what most people discover when they actually do that is that by giving themselves the space and time to really have a contemplative practice, whether it's this Renaissance time that's described in the book or you know, meditation or anything like that, is that your mind uh, starts to be able to make connections where they, we weren't able to make connections before. And that you're able to work with such a high level of focus that you aren't as distracted anymore and you're able to accomplish in an hour what used to take you five hours to do. And you're also able to get space from something that you might have thought, oh my gosh, I cannot give this up. There's no way anybody can do this as good as me and it has to be done. And even though it's really low value task, I've got to be the one to do it. By having that time, you're able to separate yourself from the task and be able to be better at either saying no to it altogether or being able to find ways to delegate it if it is if it must be done uh, or find a way around it that doesn't involve you anymore and that that 12 hours you know growing to 20 hour days shrinks drastically and you're able to accomplish in you know half a day or 6 hours what used to take a week to accomplish and you're seeing things more clearly. So like, I, it's very easy to overlook. And a lot of people look at it and go, oh, no, I don't need that. Dang, is it powerful, Seth, when you actually uh, set aside the time to, to think and allow your brain to set each day. Yeah, absolutely. I'm uh, a practitioner of it. I've been doing, I didn't call it Renaissance time, but my, my coach had me doing it. I've been doing it every day for six months. I, I can say it absolutely will change your life. Um, we could talk about this all day, but we don't have the time. I know yours is incredibly valuable for our folks watching and listening who want to either get retention point or detox, declutter, and dominate. Where is the best place for them to go? The, the best place is robertscrobe.com, R-O-B-E-R-T-S-K-R-O-B.com. Uh, there's information there on, the, on, on retention point, as well as a video series that goes through the cash flow and the subscription growth ceiling and really just, just describes all of that and how to do the cash flow forecast. If you've got a subscription business and you've, you feel like you may have hit that ceiling, that's a step-by-step, -step, quick three videos. We'll walk you through exactly how to break through and continue to grow. Awesome. This has been Seth Green for Sharkpreneur with Robert Scrobe of robertscrobe.com. Robert, thank you so much for spending some time with us. Absolute honor. Thank you so much for having me, Seth. Thanks, everybody, for watching or listening. We'll see you next time. Do you need money to fund your idea, product, or service? Are you ready to take your business to the next level but need capital to get it done? 
Kevin Harrington has heard more than 50,000 pitches and knows how to help you make the perfect pitch to get the funding for your entrepreneurial dream. He's distilled the process down in his perfect pitch cheat sheet, and it's yours for free. Just text PITCH to him right now at 727-888-2100. Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 right now and claim your free perfect pitch cheat sheet. Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 to start funding your dream today. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.